Welcome okay, back yeah, to Round Guy Radio as we continue our uh, coverage of Iowa comedians, or comedians from Iowa anyway. Uh, and we have a very special guest. But before I introduce him, I have some major news to break out. Uh, last night, we went over 6,000 listeners. And uh, really appreciate all you listening. But we have our very first guest ever that we ever had on this show, uh, Clay Foley, who originally is from Keokuk, Iowa. Welcome back to the program, Clay. Hey, thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, very, very first guest, but I told you after that first time, I said, man, I'm not coming back on the show until you had at least 6,000 6, listeners. <laughs> it only took me a year. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Clay, uh, he's, uh, I'll tell, you know, he's, he's a comedian. He actually still works, uh, which is uh, remarkable in this day and age. Uh, and he's been our news director, and he does uh, – well, tell us about the news sections that you do, and that's kind of your thing. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, March of 2020 when the whole pandemic thing started. I, You know, comedians were kind of scrambling to find things to do, and many of us started producing online content. And that's when I started writing news jokes like you'd hear on uh, SNL Weekend Update or The Tonight Show or whatever. Started posting those online and uh, really fell in love with it. I don't know if anyone else fell in love with it, but I fell in love with doing it. And uh, I still do it to this day, posting stuff on YouTube, TikTok, etc. And uh, I, I even made it a part of my live act now. Oh, is it? So uh, could you give us an example of maybe some of your new cutting edge uh, news jokes? Yeah, yeah, I just find uh, wacky news stories because the, the news is always so serious, you know. So I try to find I try to find wacky news stories and put my own little Foley twist on them. And I call it Foley Informed. So uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. This one's – okay, this one is a little bit dark. <laughs> no, we'll start, we'll start light, then we'll, then we'll go dark. So a, a uh, casino in Washington celebrated their grand opening with a race between cars made almost entirely of cake. The replica formerly one cars featured sweet pastry bodies atop aluminum chassis. To qualify for the race, each vehicle had to be at least 90% edible. Though the event was for fun and charity, the racers didn't let that stop them from talking a little trash. One driver was overheard telling another to, quote, eat my dust. That's good. Okay, that, that, that's a little bit lighter. Uh, I, sometimes I like those jokes to have a little bit of a darker twist. So, uh, Guinness World's Records declared a Japanese couple as the world's oldest living man and wife. 108-year-old and uh, 108-year-old and his 100-year-old wife, Miyako Sonata, were married nearly 81 years ago. Their combined age is a whopping 208 years. The achievement is even more impressive for the fact that as of late, their marriage has been a long-distance relationship. Uh, Miyako, the wife, lives in Tokyo, while her husband, Masao, lives in 1956. Yeah, I might be there myself. A little bit darker, yeah, yeah. So that's and I've I've actually started performing those jokes in my live sets. And you you've heard my comedy autobiographical. I just talk about my life, my my jobs, my my uh, family, all those different things. But I've actually started pulling the podium out. Uh, I usually wear a suit jacket, and I deliver a little news news broadcast during my sets of fully informed jokes and it, it is probably the best part of my sets. I love it. I really enjoy it. Well, I like to watch yours on YouTube. Uh, tell, tell our listeners how they can, how they can access some of your, your uh, funny outtakes. 
Yeah, I've got a I've got a YouTube channel uh, that's going pretty well. I also have a TikTok channel that I've got ten thousand followers on TikTok. Most of them are teenage boys, to be honest with you. They love they love this kind of humor, and uh, you can you can I've got links to that from my own website, which is clayfoley.com. All you got to do is go, go to clayfoley.com. You can access all my social media and video platforms from uh, from my website. So uh, talk to me. Let's talk about your, your career. How long ago did you start doing comedy? Yeah, I uh, started in 2016. That's the very first time I got up in front of a uh, an audience at an open mic. Uh, I live over here in Champaign, Illinois, and I got up at an open mic. And, dude, I just fell in love with it, man. I, I was kicking myself wondering why I didn't do it sooner in my life. So uh, let's just... Let's talk about some of your highlights of your career, uh, people you've opened for, good shows that you've been to. Yeah, and I uh, let's see, I've, I've opened up for a lot of the a lot of the Bob and Tom, you know, type characters, the Chick McGee's and Kostaki Economopolis's, Josh Arnold. Uh, recently, I had the opportunity to open up for Pat Godwin. Uh, boy, he was he was spectacular. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so, yeah. So I've, I've over the years I've opened up for those guys. I love traveling, and so when I was when I decided to start booking myself, I just I would just take out an atlas and choose any part of the country that I thought would be interesting to, and, and then just start cold calling venues from there. And uh, that so far has brought me to I've performed in thirty states, thirty different states. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, performed in thirties, and most of those are self-produced shows too. Um, we're not just talking; we're not talking open mics or anything like that. I've, I uh, generally sell a venue an entire package, and uh, then once they agree, once we get, agree to a price, then I got to find comics to to uh, fill out the bill, and uh, I carry my own sound equipment, my own light equipment, etc. So uh, you grew up in Southeast Iowa. Uh, does does any of that, uh, you know? atmosphere that you grew up in does it find its way into your comedy a little bit <laughs> uh yeah oh yeah it totally does it, it definitely does uh there's a right i've been living in illinois for uh oh gosh over a decade and most people when they think of living in illinois they think i live in chicago or something so they think i'm a city slicker from chicago and so in my in my act i try to i try to have that dichotomy of boy from small town in rural iowa versus what they see in front of them, which is a man in a suit, uh, you know, talking about how he's a vegan and how he doesn't drink or doesn't smoke. And I tell them I'm from Illinois, so it probably portrays the fact that I'm, they probably think I'm a, a city slicker from Chicago. And there's the, there's that, uh, those two conflicting parts, I think a lot of people find, find humor in. So uh, when you were in Iowa, did you eat meat? <laughs> I did. I uh, first... 20 years of my life, I ate meat. Although I will admit, I didn't have a big taste for it. I, I was always one of those kids that if you put too much meat in front of me, it just wasn't it wasn't appetizing to me. But then when I was about 19, 20 years old, I moved to Iowa City, and you <laughs> you can guess you can guess it changed there. My my opinions on eating meat changed there. <laughs> you know, uh, I've always just loved meat. In fact, I was a little kid, and my dad took me to the zoo in St. Louis, and he'd say, "Look at that grill," and I'd say, "What do you think that tastes like, Dad?" You know, we'd see an, <laughs> an elephant, and I says, "God, we shoot one of those, we could eat for a year," you know. So, uh, 
you know, I, and I just, you know, I see a, a, a coon at night. And I think, man, I could put some barbecue sauce on that. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> you're, just, you're just always wondering what does it taste like? Yeah, everything. You know what I mean? Uh, I stuck my uh, tongue in a uh, freezer one time, and uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it. I got stuck in there, and then they had to uh, fill up a squirt gun with hot water. And, oh my gosh! And keep squirting it in there until my tongue came out. I think half of my tongue's still in that freezer, but uh, yeah, I, I was a curious young man. Uh, touch them. Well, that, that kind of scares me because because uh, as we were talking about before uh, we went on air, you adopted the cat from me. Yes, I adopted your cat and, and from now you. I'm wondering what your I'm wondering what your ulterior motives were. Well, uh, it is true. Uh, we uh, I did eat the cat we had before, Marty. <laughs> Uh, but I'm fattening Marty up. I, I think he's good for another year. Uh, he's uh, he's doing pretty good. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's awesome here. I think I would have uh, made a good Korean. You know, they like to eat dogs and stuff. And uh, uh-huh. uh, I always wanted to eat horse too. I I, I there was a, this is a little off topic, but uh, in Sigourney, Iowa, I had a meat packing plant. Uh, I think it was an Oscar Mayer or something like that that had closed down. And uh, they were looking for, you know, this is, you know, back uh, when the economy wasn't so good, unlike today. But uh, um, they was going to put in a horse. uh, It was going to have a horse slaughterhouse in there. It was going to create 77 jobs and everything. But, uh, oh, the environmentalists, they got so upset about it, you know. And I thought, well, that was a a chance for me both to – get a job and to try some uh, new meat. So it was, it was a bummer on me on two levels, you know, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's get back to, let's get back to your comedy and stuff. Uh, what, what, uh, what's going on? You know what I mean? You, you got going, you, you got going. And, uh, back when, you know, back in the, uh, back in the time before, uh, yeah, everything was ruined. <laughs> But uh, uh, and you got you got kind of got a good start going. You, you got it out, and then uh, the world shut down for a couple of years, and then you got uh, and and you you did turn that into a kind of a positive by doing the fully news or fully informed. Yeah. And then uh, now, how how uh, how is it picking back up? And uh, uh, what are you seeing out there? How much have we recovered from the, from when nobody was going out or nothing? I think I think a lot of places have are have recovered mostly. Um, I will tell you during the pandemic, I also got married, and uh, that is the biggest contributor to my not traveling as much with comedy was simply getting married. Um, but I have started booking myself again. I was just in you know, last weekend. I, I had a gig in uh, Kansas and a gig in uh, Northern Iowa, and those went well. And I will tell you, though, things are, as we all know, right, things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Uh, hotels are more expensive. What I used to be able to pay openers, like local openers, to, to open for me, uh, I just don't feel right paying them that little anymore. So I've had I've pretty much doubled my price for what I pay openers anymore because if they have to drive any, any amount of distance to, to get to the show, I, I can't – I can no longer pay them what I was. And so – Everything, every part of touring, uh, is pricier. Yeah, and was... unless we, uh, unless I raise my prices for the venues, 
then then there's not a lot of money in it. Well, what about so? What are, are the crowds like compared to what they were before? Uh, what I what I've seen the crowds are, the crowds are ready to come back. They're they're out there. Yeah, I do think there's some pent up uh, interest and uh, yeah. Uh, there's a uh, what what seems to be going on in Southeast Iowa is they'll have these uh, I call them troubadours. You know, just a guy and a guitar, and uh, uh-huh. they sit there and they generally just play '90s country music, and that seems to be what draws. But I don't see anybody in Southeast Iowa booking anything else. Uh, I uh, I think that there's a lot of these places are short staffed, you know. So when they get a big big uh, uh, crowd in there, it doesn't uh, it isn't uh, they just don't have the manpower to cover that. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can speaking from over here in Champaign, Illinois, the comedy scene is, is, has recovered. It's vibrant. The, the guys who are running shows over here, um, are there, the, the audiences are great. And, uh, I would say it's totally recovered as far as that goes, but, but, uh, that's not that way everywhere. And, you know, I know of course, but, but what I've, what I've seen is we're doing good, but the, like I said, the cost of traveling, the cost of touring, is up no surprise there we know that and so i've got to make some decisions as far as my prices when i when i approach a venue to uh to sell them a show what my price what my new prices are going to be and if that's going to be something that venues can can take yeah it uh, might get to just where it's just one comic you know and he's got to do 90 minutes all by himself yeah yeah absolutely absolutely but uh which which is we know which is we know for the art of the art of putting on a show, the art of comedy, oftentimes uh, doesn't work as well. I mean, there, there's a reason that that three three comic, sometimes with a host format, you know, is the tried and true method, right? Well, I think it's good that you have a uh, a little scene there in uh, Bloom, Blue, uh, Bloomington. Is that where you're from? Or? Champagne, 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 Illinois. Yeah, there yeah. because uh, a comic's got to get his timing. And he's got to have a place to work out jokes to find out whether they're any good. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but literally I would write a joke and I'd have absolutely no idea whether it was good or not until I performed it in front of an audience somewhere. And then you, That's right. Then you just kind of piecemeal in and out what you, uh, what you got and, uh, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Although it's, it is weird, you know, what a joke that works really well in Sigourney, Iowa, doesn't always work so great in Iowa City and vice versa. But Yeah, uh, sometimes you got you to make those audible calls. Uh, once you see the audience or hear what they're responding to, uh, sometimes you got to make those those calls to, to take move in or out jokes out of your set just for that particular night. So do you have anything uh, in the future going on, or is there a website or a Facebook page where people could check into your schedule and find out where you're playing at? Yeah, I'm always trying to book shows and, and uh, whatnot. Like I said, go to clayfoley.com. You can learn more about uh, what I do. You can see my uh, tour schedule as well as links to my YouTube channel, TikTok, uh, to watch Fully Informed, episodes of Fully Informed. I've always got those up on my YouTube channel. And uh, just follow me that way, clayfoley.com. Well, uh, we've talked to you before, and you had some good stories about some unusual gigs. So let's... Uh... Let's let's hear one of your unusual gigs. <laughs> I uh, oh gosh, I, I once performed at an Indian restaurant. 
which uh, doesn't sound as bad as you would think because I love Indian food. That's my favorite kind of food. And uh, But the problem was when they booked that show, I, it wasn't a show that I was putting on. They didn't tell the restaurant patrons that, uh, that there was going to be a comedy show. So just imagine enjoying your Indian meal and then someone comes on a microphone over in the corner saying, okay, now we're going to start the comedy show. Uh, that was a little bit surreal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, but, are, those are the types of shows that, that grow hair on your chest. I mean, you really, you really uh, grow as a performer and just as a person in general with shows like that, those kind of nightmare shows. Now, when I started doing comedy, it was a long time before I even realized there was such a thing as open mics. You know, so I was, you know, I was thrilled if I was doing comedy in uh, an incorporated town. You know what I mean? I, I was playing yeah. a lot of, you know, little places on the river and, uh, you know, little unincorporated towns and stuff, you know, and uh, uh, it's really tough. And uh, by the time I got into Penguins Comedy Club to do to do some stuff, I just I killed and I was, you know, it was so. Uh, nice to do a, a comedy show where people weren't playing pool or watching football or, you know, and <laughs> actually the lighting was good and uh, the people were there to hear you, you know, but I, I really, I, I agree that it is the, those kind of gigs that make you tough. And I think I had a little different perspective than anybody else that was doing, that was doing shows. And uh, yeah, you had already, you had already taken plenty of lumps uh, in, in bars, small towns, like you said, um, and then once you got into a, what we many of us would consider a typical comedy setting, uh, you were very experienced then, huh? Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, that. That is uh, that is kind of a, a, a great way to uh, to get it going. Well, we've sure enjoyed talking to Clay Foley. He was a, a YouTube uh, Foley and Farm newscast. That's uh, very similar to a, a very good friend of mine, uh, uh, Bob Zaney. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. he does it. Well, well, uh, we're a little short on time, but could you, uh, talk about some of those guys that you, uh, that you, uh, uh, have on your, uh, sponsors for your show? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I do. I do this, uh, each, each episode is fully informed of the sponsor. And, uh, so I love reaching out to bigger comics to, uh, the sponsor of my shows and I'm using sponsor in quotes here that they should make a brief appearance and whatnot. Bob, your, your friend, Bob Zaney, uh, was a sponsor, uh, Ryan Niemiller from, uh, one of the past seasons of, of, uh, America's got talent was, was a sponsor. Uh, gosh, several traveling. Anytime I notice that the comics coming through touring, I'll ask them if they'll, uh, throw, add their name to an episode of fully informed. So there's a whole list. I can't think of them right now. But there's a whole list of comics that have, I'm very proud to have uh, been linked to Fully Informed. Well, we've been talking to Clay Foley, who was our very first guest ever, and we brought him back for uh, to uh, celebrate our 6,000 listeners. And uh, thanks for being with us, Clay. Dave, hey, thank you so much. Congratulations on, on the 6,000 listeners. All right. We're out.